Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Um, I have such exciting news today to share, and I think you've been hearing about the team event, the Empowered Amiga movement event that is happening on March 18, 2022 in downtown Los Angeles. And I have a link in the show notes where you can register and be a part of it. It is going to be really amazing and epic, uh, bringing you amazing speakers. We're going to talk about wealth, manifesting, mindset, movement, I mean, everything and anything that you need in your life so that you can transform, start to begin the transformation to live an epic life this year and for future years. So amigas, in order to start this, I also wanted to um, talk to an old friend of mine and have her be a part of the Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Now, I'm talking about Elizabeth Johnson, actually Elizabeth Jablecki Johnson, and I met her um, at a BNI event, and we became fast friends, and obviously, I'm a lawyer, she's a lawyer, and her practice area is family law. She went to the University of San Diego School of Law and also to the University of California, San Diego at La Jolla, California, where she studied with a BA in political science. And of course, she's been a lawyer ever since and has been a part of many professional associations, BNI Top Producers Chapter, which is where I met her. She was the president there from 2018 to 2019. She's also past president of the Whittier Bar Association, the Whittier Courthouse Family Law Bench, a daily settlement officer, part of the Orange County Bar Association. And she's just got so much, so much amazingness, if you will, um, part of many groups. And she's just an amazing woman. Her area of specialty is family law. And on this episode, we get to talk about family law in general, divorce, parenting, all the ins and outs. And I know that a lot of you are going to 
are going to resonate with this episode because you get to learn about what it is to have irreconcilable differences in a marriage. And I really felt that it was necessary to have Elizabeth here since she's been doing this from the moment she became a lawyer, which was back in 2000. So as you can see, she's got a wealth of information and explanation about what it is about, like what is family law all about? And in the end, you as a person need to uh, make yourself happy. And that may require separating from your love interest. So I really wanted you all to hear more about family law and especially with Elizabeth. So without further ado, this is Elizabeth. I'm excited to have her here because she's been doing this. She's an expert in family law. And now more than ever, things are changing because we're home Mm -hmm. together forever but maybe we don't want to be together forever. (laughs) Right, Elizabeth? Seriously, um, you know, COVID, people have decided like if if life is short, like this is not what I want my life to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So Elizabeth, okay, so you've been doing family law forever, but why family law? So um, family law found me. Uh, I started out working in the Department of Child Support Services down in San Diego, and and they, you know, either seek welfare reimbursement for cash aid that's paid out, and they they try to track down a parent that's not in the picture to get reimbursement, or they just, you know, establish an order for someone that needs assistance. Right, right, right. And so you fell in love with it? I really like helping people. So back when we were in a networking organization together, you always had a tagline and you were, you know, Jacqueline and Tapia, keeping families together. <laughs> and, and I was always like, oh, well, what am I, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I, you know, I always worried that my tagline was like, I'm breaking families apart, but I'm not. I'm no. helping them get to their new normal. And that's what I like because yeah. divorce is going to be a horrible time. And I can't make that better. Because, you know, we all have some personal accountability that we have in a relationship and it takes two people to get to get us where we are today, you know, so so know that. But, you know, it doesn't mean that it has to be like that forever. And so that's that's why I like family law. I like getting people through that because sometimes it just is paper and math and the system. But it's also overwhelming if you think about, you know, what do you hold the most dear and what weighs on you the most? So we, where am I going to live? How am I going to pay for it? And what about my kids? You know, so if any one of those three things is up in the air, you're out of sorts. And think of all three of them being up in the air together. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with family law. It's like, especially as a woman, um, we're the the nurturers, typically, right? We're Mm -hmm. the nurturers. We're the ones that usually are seeking out custody. And, And then you're at a point with your current relationship and now you're fighting over custody. Right. So, and I know because you and I've had many stories, many battles, <laughs> not not against each other, right. but just knowing our clients and what they're going through, and then realizing like, shit, did she know he was like that before they got married? Right. So, at what at what point? I mean. I mean, what's your advice? Like when you, before you get married, what should you look at, <laughs> look for? Because God knows, you know, when we get all in love and, and we see this amazing man or amazing woman, but sometimes it's not yeah. that amazing. I right? think that you really have to take someone as they are and you have to think, you know, like you, you can't think to yourself like, oh, I'm going to change him. 
or I'm going to change her, you know, and, and then, you know, if she was just this, you know, then everything would be perfect. You, you really, it, people don't change very much unless they put a lot of effort into it. And so you can't just assume that it's going to happen and look to see, you know, are, are you compatible in money, you know, financially? Are you, do you have the same outlook? Even if you don't have any money right now, like when you have money, do you blow it? Do you go to the, you know, do, do you or your potential spouse, are, are you going to the casino? Are you not a saver? That's okay. But just go into it with your eyes wide open because we have, you know, women that come and they say, you know, my husband's been a gambler for years. And I'm like, well, he's been a gambler for years. You know, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and I appreciate that you have this, you know, very intricate system where you swipe his paycheck before he can get it so that you can pay <laughs> your family bills. But like, don't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So let's get into these stories because I know (laughs) there's so many, and I've always said that there's five reasons why people end up getting divorces. Mm -hmm. What do you see? What are the the reasons behind a divorce in your opinion? I think that people don't choose their spouse every day. I think Mm -hmm. that marriages work and it's worth it, but you have to make that choice. You can't just you know, be laissez-faire and and expect that it's going to take care of itself. You know, what, what, yes, take care of yourself, but, but also take care of your spouse. What is going to make your spouse's day better, life easier? What have you committed to do that you need to do so that they do what they've committed to do, you know, because it, it really is a partnership. Yeah. 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 And the partnerships are not always 50, 50, right? Right. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's something that we need to really talk about because I don't know, somehow people think, Oh, it's 50, 50. And I'm like, no, it, and I will honestly say it's never 50, 50. Right. You know, when you're sick, is it going to be 50, 50? No, you rely on your spouse to help right. you it's, out. It's always, you know, you lean on each other as you go. Yeah. And it, it, it's not always, yeah. And it's not always the same person carrying you know, the other person, but, but that's the thing is if you're leaning on each other, that's fine. But if, but if the, uh, you know, if one person is always bent over and the other person is always leaning on the other, then it's, you're going to become exhausted right? and not have anything else to give and not have any place else to go when there's a problem because you're already at your end, your, your, your limits. Right, right, right. Exactly. Now I know there's been a lot of people in their limits during this time. So tell us, what have you been seeing about couples and why they're coming to you during this time? Um, A lot of couples have said, and I think I mentioned it to you um, before before we started, but if we only have so much time left, this is not how I expected it to be. And so, you know, a lot of couples are not necessarily, you know, this if stereotypically, you know, a, a spouse cheats on a, on a spouse and, and they're blindsided by, by a divorce. But more now I'm seeing even there, there's not that other person. It's just, this is not what I want. This is not what, I, you know, if I have 20 years left, I want to, our children are grown. I want to move on. I want to enjoy that time with myself or someone else. But, you know, it's, it's not necessarily you know, I'm using this other person to segue into a new life. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. I mean, but, and it's interesting because why are they picking that right now? You know, because we see, you know, we're, 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 the world is in turmoil where we've lost loved ones and we see it and we feel mortality more than ever. I think. Yes. Yes. I totally see that. And then also, I mean, 
I would think that now that if you were despising your husband or wife before, now it's amplified because now you're stuck. Oh, right. After, after two years in the house. <laughs> you think, right? Yes. Oh, my God. So I'm sure that domestic violence has like been at the forefront of right. your practice. Right. So at the, you know, at, in, at the beginning of, of COVID, you know, in March, like March through June, the courthouses were closed, but for emergencies and but for domestic violence. And we saw a lot of domestic violence and the definition of domestic violence is expanded to, you know, not just the classic assault or battery fear of being injured or actually being injured, but more stalking or harassing. So, you know, 200 texts in five minutes. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? I've looked at you on our tracking thing on our phone and you're supposed to be at work, but you're at the 7-Eleven down the street. Who are you with? What are you doing? You know, and, and that is indicative of other things, you know? Oh so, God. so we, we, we did, you know, we, we are able to in, con- you know, not just that alone, but in, in concert with other things, you know, that is sufficient sometimes for, for a restraining order. Oh my God. I can imagine like how, how weird. I mean, yeah, to do that, like Jesus Christ, 200 texts. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, no. And it's just you, I mean, like, you know, I've blown up someone's phone before, you know, for, for various reasons and not always like, where are you? But like, you know, funny, you know, and, and you just keep going and going and going, but not 200. Not 200. Mm-hmm. And so now, okay. So would those texts be admissible in court and domestic violence restraining orders? They are. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is there's a couple of ways, you know, there's some stitcher programs that stitch texts together so that they time and date stamp them for us. And that's always the best way, you know, otherwise we just have our clients, we make sure that they don't delete anything because it's very difficult for private bar attorneys to get phone records. So we just ask them to, you know, take pictures of the texts um, so that we can, we can save them for if, if and when we need them, but we yeah, like yeah. them in context. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So there are these like different mechanisms that you can do as a a victim of domestic violence to protect yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, you get this stalker husband and you want to get out. What would you recommend for that person? Right. So, I mean, it, it depends if you have, you know, a child with, assume let's, so let's assume husband and wife are married and they have a child. So wife is being abused or an incident has happened and she called the police or she didn't call the police. If the police come, the police can issue something called an emergency protective order, which may kick the other party out um, and protect her and the child for, you know, a period of like seven days. So in that period of time, she could come to me or another family law attorney. And, you know, we can ask that the court issue a temporary restraining order, a, a temporary domestic violence restraining order lasts for 21 days. And, you know, may keep the other party out of the house and give everybody some time to figure it out. And then at the end of the 21 day period, there's an evidentiary hearing where the court can grant a restraining order for one, three, you know, or up to five years. Right. Right. Um, right. But if a restraining order is granted, then it's there's a family law presumption that says that maybe that parent that was 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 restrained. It's not in that the child's best interest to be with that parent. And so the flip of the coin is that knowing that there's a presumption that can in, exist if there's, you know, a domestic violence order, sometimes I see false allegations of domestic violence, which I hate because domestic violence is a real thing. Right, right, oh, but, right, right. But so so it, it, it does deserve protection. I just, um, I want to caution, you know, people against the misuse. 
Yeah. And it happens. There's a lot of that. I mean, I know that as I was doing family law for some time, it was like, you know, sometimes, you know, your gut, you're like, this story does not make sense. Right. Right, Elizabeth? Yeah, well, you're like, you're afraid, but you went in there when you knew that he was there with his new girlfriend and then you got in his face because you were afraid? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, and I know because like, I also like, I'm a woman, like, and I understand like how my mind works. Right. When I'm emotional. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then sometimes they think, you know, there's some level of it. I mean, not to undermine domestic violence because that's horrible, right? But there are situations and circumstances where, you know, it's a more of a misunderstanding. Yes. Versus this is domestic violence. Yes. And I think amigas out there need to understand the differences. Right. So like um, a misunderstanding is um, at an exchange, you know, at an exchange of a child, you know, grabbing someone, the baby won't go, you know, so then mom grabs the baby, dad grabs the baby, and there's a little bit of a tug and something and, and the cops come and that maybe that's domestic violence, even though it was an accident and no one intended it to be more. Right, right, right. There's just so much craziness that can happen. I mean, you know, we're human. You know, yes. we're, we're capable of making many mistakes and, um, you know, we, we hire professionals such as Elizabeth to help us unwind and unpack that because, um, uh, you know, I, just because me as a lay person believes that, that that party is at fault in California, it's irreconcilable differences, right? It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Like the court just wants you to be divorced. It doesn't care why you're getting divorced. Why you're getting divorced, right? right. So, you know, I know that um, uh, when, as I was doing more family law back in the day, one of the things as Latinas was like in Mexico, at least, it's like it's a fault state. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you abandon your home, quote unquote, then there's repercussions. But here, it's not the case. Right. Here, the, here the only thing that's, that's, you know, kind of like a fault thing is waste. So it's, you know, it, let's say um, husband and wife are married and, and wife has a new boyfriend on the side and wife is spending community money on her new beau, then she's spending her half and her husband's half on this new guy. So yeah. she has to pay back her husband's half you know, because she's breached the fiduciary duty that she owes to the community by, by wasting it on this other guy. Yeah. So that's kind of the closest California gets. Yeah. And so, and here's the thing. I mean, there's some people have become very sophisticated in terms of hiding their money that way. Right. Can you share, can you share a story? Well, I mean, we, I heard one case where, you know, every, they did everything in cash, you know, they had, you know, cash allowances, they were doing that envelope system. And, and, um, so it was hard to track what was being spent where, because everything was in cash. There was no, there were no records. There were no bank statements. There were, you know, he was not spending it on himself. He was spending it on someone else. Oh my God. Oh God. The things that you hear, right. Right. You're just like, wow, this is a new one. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I mean, I, I'm all about stories and can you share with us like one of the most challenging family law cases you've had 
and why. Hmm. I think that the, the false allegations are the hardest for me because when they're false, they're unforgivable. You know, so a client had been accused of inappropriate behavior with a child and, you know, an investigation clears, clears the client completely, but you can't take that back. You know, if you have years and years of parenting with that other parent, you know, going forward until your child turns 18 and then even for the rest of the children's lives together, how do you get over that? You know, it it kind of ruins the co-parenting relationship that you would have otherwise had. And so that those things seem unnecessary. I know that, you know, some people can't help themselves, but to do it, but, but those are the hardest for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most everybody wants to be a good parent, you know, so we, you know, we have people that'll say, you know, oh, he put the baby on the Harley and he took a picture and that he's a horrible parent or, you know, he got a dog and he didn't fence the pool, you know, and, and so he, he wants to, you know, he wants our child to fall in and the dog to eat the kid, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 we have to start at a baseline of like everybody, you know, both parents love your child and no one wants to get your, have your child be hurt. And so that's, that's hard too, because, you know, whether, whether you were in love for a few minutes or a lifetime, you had a child together and that it's not the child's issue that you guys can't be together. And so right. yeah, your best. Yeah. And, and I think, and oftentimes in divorce, I have seen they use the child as bait and, yeah. and manipulation. And it's unfortunate that that does happen. I mean, I know, I mean, I can count so many stories, especially in the arena of domestic violence, yeah. where that, that is very real. Right. And then, and then the, the flip side is like parental alienation, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's another thing. I mean, well, you know what, why don't you explain uh, to amigas out there? What is parental? Well, alienation? so I have not seen a case with true parental alienation, but people come to me and say, she's alienating the child. He's alienating the child. You know, essentially it's when one parent is in the child's ear saying the other parent is a bad person, not worth your time, not trustworthy, doesn't love you, doesn't love me, whatever it is, and kind of like tries to turn the child, you know, so that they're um, bonded or or aligned more with the other parent. Now, again, the court, that buzzword, the court hates, you know, so we try to couch it in other, in other ways, but it, I mean, it's, it's difficult. And, and although the good thing is courts in California really now want to move toward 50-50, unless there's something where the court shouldn't go toward equal parenting time, okay. you know, like there's, you know, drug abuse or criminal, you know, issues or alcohol abuse or domestic violence, you know, but, but otherwise the court will want to steer everybody that way, even if it's not today, you know, but down the road. Yeah. And so that's, that is something for everybody to wrap their heads around for sure, because you know, be careful what you wish for. I have had clients that have no time with their children and they say, I want 50, 50 because for whatever reason they want to pay less child support or or whatever it is. And then they get 50, 50 and they're like, this is hard. And I'm like, yeah, imagine being a single parent, you know, imagine what being a single mom is like, you know, it's difficult. So, you know, and, and moms are, are very, what's the word that I'm looking for? They, they hold on to the child because they're nervous about sharing sometimes and that's okay. But when you share, you also get 
a night to yourself, maybe a weekend to yourself where you can go spend it with your friends or your family or recharge and do the things that need to um, feed you and feed your soul so that you're a better mom when your kids are back with you. Yeah. And, and I, and I remember that as a debate with, with some clients, it's like, Oh, but he doesn't deserve to be with them. And, and, um, He's a, he's a jerk and he's never around and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, guess what? Now he needs to be around. Enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy having free time. Yeah. Be- because I mean, I think a lot, oftentimes there's this, this misconception, at least I know as Latinas, we're such, you know, nurturers and we, we family first and all that. And you're the, you're, you're the, the one that leads the family unit in the, in the loving and caring way. Yes. But then that also prevents you from just putting your oxygen mask first. Exactly. You know, and when it comes to divorce, it's like, you know, there's a blessing. There is a blessing because now you get to have that free time, mm-hmm. you know, versus like, Oh my God, what was me for getting divorced? You know what? You know, it's, even if we think this is forever, you know, it may not be, but let's just be okay with it. Be right. okay. T- um, change is almost always scary, but it's not always bad. Yeah. 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 In the beginning, it's kind of like you're doing it very trepidatiously. Right. The, but, um, you know, when you're in it, then uh, there's a point where it's like, ah, uh, you can relax and relax. Right. Amazing. Okay. So Elizabeth, now let's say for a woman, like just take for me, for example, I've now, you know, married 15 years. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, it's a long durational marriage, Mm -hmm. right? There's these benefits to staying in a long durational marriage, like Mm -hmm. the support and all that. If you are that individual who has been married for like nine years, would you suggest that person to like consider maybe not filing for divorce because of. Right. So it depends. So um, what, what Jackie's alluding to is in California, anything under a short-term marriage is 10 years or less. And, and presumptively spousal support lasts one half the length of the marriage, anything over 10 years, there's not a specific termination date on, and it, it terminates upon the remarriage of the supported person or the death of either party or further order of the court, whatever that means. So there are requirements that the supported spouse has to take reasonable steps to become self-supporting within a reasonable amount of time. Again, whatever that means. But it, it depends if you're the money party or the pay or, or the supported party. So you do if you're the, if you're going to be paying spousal support. Before 10 years happens and you're miserable, you want to look and see if you need to file before the 10 years so that you only have to pay spousal support for four and a half, you know, half of nine presumptively. Or if you are going to be the supported party, then maybe you stick it out for a couple more years to see if it, if it works or maybe, you know, go to counseling, try some other things to see if, if you can work it out. But then you're over that hump of the it being a short term marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Although you I, that. you know, d- please don't stay miserable in anything. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just for, yeah. Just and, for and, a couple months of spousal yeah. support. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Definitely. Like if mm-hmm. you're being abused, you don't want to be a part. 
don't right. stay. <laughs> don't no, stay. but I've also, you know, we've had consultations with, with parties, you know, and, and said, you know, this is what your divorced future looks like. And then they say, thank you for the consultation. I will stay married. <laughs> well, you know, that concept of say like, it's cheaper to keep her, yeah. you know, it's like the same thing with a guy, right? It's like, well, it's, it's it, more expensive to live in, you know, for it to live in two places. Yeah. You know, so know that, you know, things don't stay exactly the same when they change. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, no. it sounds simple, but, but, you know, if you're, if you're living in a, in a nice house and you have, you know, four kids and one person is working outside the home and one person is working in the home, you know, but not earning a salary, it's going to be harder when you're living separate. Yeah. 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 Mm. You heard it here, amigas. So- <laughs> If you want to get to know, you know, your rights, if you want to know a little bit more, if you're on that, you're teetering with it to get a divorce or not, you could definitely contact Elizabeth. And we're going to have all of her information in the show notes because she's amazing. I've known her for a long time. We used to be BNI buddies and she's just got such amazing, tremendous work ethic. So if you need a divorce, or kind of contemplating on it, she's your gal, amigas, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. You're very welcome. So my love, before we end our conversation, I always ask my guests how an amiga can handle a shit and if you can give us some some tips on that. Okay. So my, my best advice is sleep on that emotional communication, that Facebook post that you're going to post where you blast someone, that text that you are, you know, you're, you're hot and mad and you're going to send it an email that you're, you know, you're going to send to a colleague or a boss or something, write it, save it, sleep on it in the morning. If you want to send it, still send it, but that way you don't regret. Yes. No regrets, amigas. No regrets. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that, you know, we get in trouble. When we, we, when we lead by ego, right. like that's like, uh, uh-uh. and everything, everything is discoverable amigas. So please, please pay attention to what Elizabeth is saying is that sleep on it before you actually send it out, especially <laughs> if you're going to get a divorce. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here with us at Amiga Handy. Thank Shit you. Podcast. Thank you, Jackie. I'm honored. Thank you. Oh, no, the honor is online, my love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, You can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.